Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching Me, Myself, and AI. this billy x number of episodes <laughs> and you still fuck up that the worst, scripted the intro. worst part is that i i pause slightly before saying i'm your host billy i don't need a script for that apparently you do i know that part that's just my own name wow though me myself and ai something here I think we're both going to praise consistently, and this is going to win at high marks. Proper use of an Oxford comma in that title. This is no me, comma, myself and AI. No, we're not splitting it like that. We're all individuals here. Me, myself, and AI. Three in one together. Is that Oxford comma all we're going to praise? No, I don't think so. Might be all I'm gonna praise, Wow, but... you're really making assumptions on my part. I would have thought you knew me better than that by now, Billy. I'm just saying, an Oxford comma is nothing to sneeze at. It's rare to see it nowadays. P people are abandoning it left, right, and center. Only stupid people. Here at Scooby-Doo's and Scooby-Don'ts, you know, politics be damned, we stand behind the Oxford comma. Unless any allegations come out against its usage. <laughs> Where are we today, Amelia? What's the location of this episode? Future company. Making man pooters. <laughs> man yes, man pooters. No. No? Pooters man makes it sound a lot stupider man and it deserves to be stupid. Man pooters. Because, all right. When you watch this episode, did your mind go to the same place that my mind went, which is that episode Futurama. of Futurama? Yeah. Yeah. A joke that was done better there because they realized how fucking stupid it was to keep saying femputer and yeah. manputer. So, uh, when but it's used totally unironically here. So, like, like I don't. It's so stupid. Sounding. It's just. It is, it's so, so stupid. It's here's the thing, though. I praise it for that. I praise it for how stupid it sounds. Because <laughs> well, when I when Futurama. I hear man pewter, I do I do hear it in B. Arthur's voice. Praise Futurama for doing the joke first. This series has not done one original joke that I've seen so far. Another series that I like better has done it before, including Man Pooter. <laughs> I I feel though. 
It's an easy concept to come to independently. It's really not. <laughs> I, I don't think it takes as much legwork as you might assume to get to the phrase man-pewter. It does, though, because Futurama, its whole thing was that B. Arthur was a fembot yeah. and a fempewter fleeing a planet run by manbots and man-pewters. <laughs> And here, his last name's just Man. Yeah, like this it's is like this, Michael Mann opened up a computer store. The stupidest, laziest way you can get to this absolutely like a tier absurdism, and it fails. F, fuck you, be F cool. For okay, wow, harsh. Yeah, so that's that's the location, Manputer Tech Industries. It is clean and futuristic. At least that's how the gang describes it. What are our thoughts on this? You know, what do we see at first glance? Futuristic future company. Place. Man pooters everywhere. The future has finally arrived. But yeah. but it's not the man pooter that they <laughs> It is funnier to say pooter. It is, it is. yeah. <laughs> um, it's not man pooters that they're introducing in this episode. It is the new Butler 3000. We already saw this in What's New? We've the seen, House we've, of the Future. We've seen it a lot of times over. Yeah, fuck you, yeah, we have. Future robot gonna go bad. I uh, I just recently started rewatching the X Files and the episode Ghost in the Machine. It's just this. Did Roby ever go bad? I don't remember. In Get a Clue? Yeah. You're asking me to remember a solitary detail uh, about Get a Clue? I'm asking our listeners <laughs> to remember a solitary detail. Listeners, if, if there was an episode where Roby went bad. Uh, remind me of it so and that if, I can compare and contrast. And if there wasn't, good for them for not taking this clearly I easy know. out. <laughs> good for Roby overall. But not his dog that's part juicer that you have to, like, cram <laughs> oranges up his anus. The more I look back, <laughs> that Roby and his little pet dog were such a highlight of Get a Clue. Um, but here, yeah, the Butler 3000, he's being introduced, he's a new smart device which will act as a butler and can wirelessly control all the other technology in your house. Funniest shit that I had ever read about a quote-unquote smart product yeah. was a guy who was writing a tweet or a Tumblr post or something talking about how his Apple Watch wouldn't scan at a cash register. And so the old man behind him scoffed and said, Hurry it along, future boy! <laughs> and that is honestly ah, exquisite. Because <laughs> that's what smart products feel like. Like, they're not smart. They're really the stupidest things dumb. I think humanity's ever thought of. I, I will defend. I fucking love not having to turn the lights off at night. Oh. Just being able to say, turn off all lights. No, I hate it. Ooh, it's so... It's so reductive. You don't hate to that. To me as humanity. You don't hate that. Yeah, it is, because sometimes... Because normally you'd just say, Billy, turn off the lights. I'm the one that's got to go find all the switches. <laughs> like you didn't know where they are. Well, sometimes it's dark. Then what light is on <laughs> if it's dark, Billy? The far one! Check the and far, The far ones. I don't put them out in the right order. And then I end up, like, I hope you have an exit strategy. I'm just stuck in the corner. Check and mate. We're starting with the Shaggy Scooby shenanigans. I have nothing to can say I, about them. Can I give a premise? 
I haven't even done a premise. Well, fucking get to it, future boy. Let's hurry this along. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fucking funny if I told Google, like, what's the premise of this episode? And then, all right. Um, man pewter... <laughs> Manpooter Tech is light years ahead of its competitors, but a new robot takes over the building and turns it against everybody, making the gang have to rely less on technology and more on themselves. This is not exactly a problem the gang normally has. I've never, like, I don't walk Scooby-Doo and I'm like, too dependent on technology, am I right? With all their future gadgets. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, Shaggy and Scooby, maybe put down the phone every once in a while, pick up a sandwich. Almost sometimes has a tablet yeah, on her. They're, they, these are 60s kids. This is not a lesson they need to learn. Combustion engines? Too much. Right. Rely on horses and buggies. <laughs> Science gone too far with the net. They should have What's been wrong with just the rope to tie him up? Why does it already have to be tied for you? This would have been a better episode in Amish country. If the Amish had invented a Butler 3000? No, if the Butler 3000 had escaped from somewhere and was now terrorizing or, Amish country. Here's a question, and this might be offensive. Are the Amish allowed to invent things? Are they just on their own track of technology? Is it like Star Trek rules where we can't interfere with them? But if they do invent a robot, they're allowed to go through with it? No. Okay. Go through with it is very ominous. It is. What is this robot going to do to them? It really just, it's just what Butler here did. Just, you know, wash dishes, sweep up, kill a bunch of people. Because, yeah. like, the Amish are allowed to decide once they become adults whether or not they're going to stay Amish or whether they're going to go, you know, integrate into society that makes sense. And so if they wanted robots, if they wanted to be inventors, they would just not go back to but being like, Amish. But, like, I just feel like if, if you... But if you invent choose... it, like because if that's not that's not them using new technology, that's using the technology they have so in a would, new way. It would be like a, a metal bucket on a donkey. Look, English, I've well, made did, a robot. You would in stages. You don't You don't start with full robot. You'd go maybe, you, like, who, who is, all right, this is dumb. This is a dumb track. Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans. I have zero notes for them, so make it snappy with yours. Well, I started out that when they entered uh, Man Pooter Tech Industries, Shaggy and Scooby uh, got fed by robots and then got rocked like a baby in a bed. Uh, but then they spent most of this episode in a holodeck. This facility has essentially what is a, hol a holodeck, a virtual reality system. Uh, but all they want is food. They're offered that they can go anywhere in the world or in the universe. They they can fly to Mars if they like. They want to stand outside a food truck. They are told that they will not be able to eat the food in the food truck. They still want to stand outside it for the ambiance. Uh, there's a funny moment later on where Shaggy's leg is grabbed by a man hiding under a desk, and Shaggy calls it the high-tech leg grabber of tomorrow. Then he raises his head to the sky and yells, What hath man wrought? A hand, this is apparently. His, he's already been fighting a robot, but getting grabbed from under a desk, that's too far. Wasn't even grabbed by anything mechanical. A fleshy... 
warm hand. Man hath Uncalloused, probably. Man hath wrought having arms. This is what Shaggy is against. He, he's against... Hey, that, put down your arms. That's Shaggy's anti-gun catchphrase. Uh, great moment from Scooby-Doo when he yells out, Let's celebrate prematurely, knowing what's to come. Less good moment. Honestly, super cringy moment when he ends this episode saying, Hashtag Scooby Dooby Doo. Yeah. So awful. It's, it's the level of trying to understand the kids and thinking you're succeeding that really makes you just be like, oh, honey. Because here's the thing this episode was not about social media, no, it was not about the internet. What did this episode do that you could not have done in 1993? Exactly. Honestly, if they wanted to end it with Scooby-Doo saying something technological, he should have set out Scooby-Doo in binary. Zero, 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 one, one, zero, zero, one. Is that, is that it? Is that Scooby-Doo in binary? Yeah, Billy, that's <laughs> You just have binary. it off the top of your head? I just have it off the top of my head. I can speak binary. One, zero, 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 <laughs> one, zero, one. <laughs> I couldn't pick up French over four, <laughs> five years of well, taking it, but I thing. picked up binary. Here's the thing. There are so many words in French. Binary? Just the two, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's everything I have uh, for Shaggy and Scooby. The Daphne dilemma? Uh, sure. She's the bitch that wants <laughs> everyone to just um, not use any technology because all you need is people and friends and love and blah 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 can someone knock her out i'm actually kind of with you that i was rolling my eyes every time daphne got preachy because this isn't again it's not a lesson that this particular group of people need to learn it's not something that i thought was especially well demonstrated outside of her uh arguing for it and also, the, like, scene where after she, like, annoyingly argues for it the whole time, she's proven right in a conversation with Velma? Like, then we're supposed to be like, oh, she was, she was right. It just, it, it didn't fit the right rhythm of story to me. Love and friendship and making other living human beings solve your problems when your problems get to be too much is the human condition. That's what we need. We don't need life-saving medical care that comes from the advancement of technology. We don't need electric lights. Let us re return to the Amish country, English. <laughs> you can always depend on a table. And, like, here's the thing. It's 2015. Having a Daphne sit down and preach about the evils of technology? <laughs> yeah. Bitch, you are, like, 50 years too late. <laughs> you should have started this in 1969. Where were you protesting the fucking atom bomb? Like, Jesus. That's true. They were very apolitical during that period. But, yeah, it just felt like, oh, okay, of course. Like, Daphne, who is the pet project of this series... Yep, she's, she's right about this. Everyone else was idiots. She's got to be a contrarian for absolutely no reason. She was born into a lifestyle of technology that she doesn't believe in it at all is ridiculous. Yeah, I got... these. This gang was born in like 2000. They're fucking Zoomers. They've never known a moment without the internet. 
and Daphne's preaching its evils. And now there is a moment early on where she like gets into a massage chair and it's like doing her thing and it's vibrating on her and it's super erotic. <laughs> but like she she's getting into it and I'm like, oh, this is an interesting story. Where now she, who came into it very skeptical, is going to get really into technology. But no, it was a flat note. Like, one flat note the whole time. On the other end of the spectrum, very much in love with technology, is Velma. I just, I don't understand. Obviously, Velma's going to be into tech. Look at her. Easy choice. I don't understand why Daphne would be so against it. All you would have to do is cut out maybe half of the stupid holodeck chase that they end up in with this robot to animate her as a child being like attacked by a vacuum or something and she's just like that's why i don't like technology my roomba ran over my foot when i was a baby like something fucking stupid like that and it's cleared up but this daphne just like always absolutely no motivations for her actions just a bunch of random garbage to be a contrarian or be a fucking weirdo it would actually hate it it'd be very funny if we got a flashback and she was like attacked by a Roomba. But no, we don't have really origins for any of the fears for all of them. We don't know why Velma's really scared of water. We don't know why Fred's afraid of wits. And we don't know why Daphne's afraid of technology. I actually think it would be interesting if we got a scene like that for Velma and Velma, the very intelligent one, would be like not a technology fan. I mean, I guess you can't do that overall. You could do that in a movie, maybe. But people, not in an ongoing series. People that work in tech are very scared of tech. So That's true, actually. It's, it's really the people that, like, don't work in tech that, like, believe in all this shit. Like, you will never get a tech worker with a fucking Google listening device in their <laughs> homes like we, the common man, have. Yeah, it would be great if we saw, like, Shaggy and Scooby getting super into this and Velma was like, um... Don't you know that's taking your information for that? Which is, like, maybe that's more conspiracy theory Velma type thing from, like, Mystery Inc. Yeah. Like, that feels like she would be very tinfoil hat, don't trust the tech companies there. Um, like I, 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 I mean, that is real life as well. Put on your tinfoil hat and do <laughs> not trust tech companies, everyone. And, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm actually quite good with Velma liking the, te- the technology yeah, in this episode. It's fine. it's fine. I just think it would be more interesting if Velma was the one who was against it rather than Daphne. You remember when Velma was scared of clowns? Yes. Got a backstory, got a reason. That clown almost put her through a tree shredder. That's, that's scarring. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, but yeah, no, she she's psyched. Uh, she's in in an instant here. Uh, <laughs> she gets super, like, comfortable because the tech is giving her everything she wants at the beginning. And she just has this one moment where she's like, is this sad? This is sad, isn't it? Here's, here's another thing that I don't like about the characterization is that she's arguing with Daphne that she doesn't want human connection. You know, like, if you're with a human, there's this percentage of embarrassing yourself to death mm-hmm. but if you're just with a computer you cannot do that and hashtag relatable and like she's arguing for the advancement of technology so that she doesn't have to see people and then technology gives her exactly that with like a tablet so she can read something a nice virtual fire maybe a little music coming out of it like a youtube video yeah and then she's totally self-aware that this is really sad and she's like is this sad i feel like this is sad it's not for you, Velma. You just argued that you wanted this. It's the seed of doubt that Daphne planted in her mind. 
let's um, let's Velma not fully enjoy this thing. Maybe it's just bad, inconsistent writing. I'm gonna go with that option. I I really liked at the end when Velma is uh, quote unquote hacking. And Shaggy and Scooby are, like, trying to get her to hurry up with stuff. Like, like, oh, come on over here doing this. And Velma's just flat out, not done. Not done. Well. I it, like her focus. It's the same moment in uh, The Mummy where Evie's trying to translate Egyptian and, and Rick's all just like, you gotta hurry up. And she's like, patience is a virtue. Yeah. I'm work. I'm working here. <laughs> to a misquote <laughs> a movie. Why would this computer from the 70s have a USB port? Oh, God. Yeah, the man pewter doesn't super make sense. She's like, this isn't a wired connection to the internet. I'm so actually... why would putting a virus on it do anything? And is that what she was doing? Putting a vi- I have no idea what she was doing with that computer, to be she completely was, honest. I, th- I think she, it was a virus of some kind. An override, a kill switch, manual override. The thing is, if you would just cut power to that that building, that's mm-hmm. fine. That would have cut off the servers. There's your problem solved. But for some reason, they had to override it with a computer from the 70s that wouldn't have was- a program mm-hmm. in it that could open yeah. anything on a modern USB stick. So it's worthless. Yeah, I guess, I'm tr- honestly, the only thing I could think of is that there is a Doctor Who episode <laughs> that came out after this, so it's not ripping it off. Maybe Doctor Who took a little influence. Um, but, like, there is something going on with the wireless network, and they have to go to one offline portion so they can get like a clean version of the OS to like override with it. And it might be that, but I I just personally was unclear as to what was happening other than hacking. Yeah, she's in. She's in. And she's in like instantly. She guesses that password. This Velma, she spends most of this episode like really fondly discussing technology, right? Because like this is the way of the future, this is what she wants. She doesn't have to have human interaction if she has this technology, she's putting the technology above her friends, once again asserting that this is a group of people that are not friends. They are here by carpool, I think. I think they're carpool. They're, yeah, they're, they're friends, but they're not... They're not mm, friends. They're not matched. They're not... There's not... Fred, True, Fred's, Fred. Fred is in no way friends with Shaggy, Scooby, or Daphne. Especially Maybe Velma not, on a good day. Especially not Daphne. When when Daphne puts on her irony hat, and honestly, it's it's a very inoffensive little moment, but Fred's just like, oh, that goddamn hat. Like Fred is just, Fred is just always annoyed with Daphne. So weird. These people aren't friends. This is, I think this is the driver's ed course at their high school, and they're all stuck together trying to learn how to drive Fred's van. Well, speaking of Fred, in the Fred Factor, uh, the first thing that happens to him in this facility is that robots tie his ascot in a neat double knot. That's all he wants out of life, is a well-tied neckerchief. <laughs> neckerchief? Neckerchief. He also wants a robot arm, and he puts it on, and... (laughs) He'd give his left arm for a super left arm 3000. He hits himself in the mouth at one point, and gets an instant black eye from it. From the mouth. Now, I watched this again as it was happening here as we talked, and you could argue that it kind of hits him on the side of his face, and so maybe, like, the knuckles drag up towards the eye? But it's not a clean eye hit. No. Nor is that... 
bruise going to form between getting hit and then no. hitting the ground. This is, a, this is a cartoon thing with its instant black eyes. I also read a thing that apparently it is very hard to bruise a face. If you get hit in the eye, like, it's not going to be like a movie situation. I was where trying in a, to think. A couple hours you're putting ice on it and then you take the ice away and it's like, oh, look at that shiner. Like, it's very hard. I was trying to think of like, like when the last time I had a black eye. If I've ever had one. I mean, this this might surprise you, Amelia. I've been in very few physical fights. No. Yeah. A scrapper like you? But I am also very clumsy. For instance, one time I was sitting uh, at university. I was sitting underneath uh, these concrete stairs. And I stood up very quickly. And then I fell down. And a bunch of people rushed over to make sure I was okay. And I don't clearly, remember the rest of that story. Clearly you weren't, because look at you nowadays. Uh, but the, yeah, no, black eyes, and, and, and me, not a long history that I can think of. He does have, to, Fred, by the way, Fred, uh, the boy, we, <laughs> the, the, the blonde one, he, he tries to control this super left arm, but has some difficulties. For instance, when he says, deploy magnifying glass, a grappling hook shoots out. I don't know. I mean, he was never told the controls of this, but I can't imagine that magnifying glass is the keyword for a grappling hook. So there must be some other motion that he's doing. Why would this arm have a magnifying glass? I bet you it doesn't. I think that was just Fred's assumption. This, like, this what, arm What do cannot... people need every day? A magnifying glass, of I've, course. I've never seen the boy use a magnifying glass. Maybe Velma. Never yeah, Fred. I mean, it's just such a staple of mystery and solving. what does this super arm even do? You would kind of assume maybe exoskeleton, construction, moving crates a la aliens. See, it can't be every tool on Earth. Well, it's not. It is two things. It is a grappling hook and a, and a laser beam, seemingly. that It could be something else. Maybe it's a concussive heat ray. I don't know. It's not a flashlight. I'll tell you that. But no, like seriously, does he do more than two things with this arm? Because he messes up twice, and he's like, mm, I'm going to use that to my advantage, and then only lets it do what he knows. I think he also voice activates a punch at one point. I, I interpreted that as the robot controlling his arm at that point. I thought that was like Fred being like, I'm going to do a super punch to you, and the robot being like, fuck you, I have a virus in there, you're going to do a super punch to yourself. But then he uses the arm for the rest of the episode. Yeah. I would have gotten rid of it at that point. But it's obviously not working against him. Maybe it's not, it's not working against him. It's just programmed only to not work against the evil robot. It's, three th it's you know, it's 3,000 solidarity. I don't know. I think you've pointed out an inconsistency that I am desperately trying to defend, but I'm having no luck. Fred does leap out a window at one point, grabs Daphne, jumps out of a window. Oh, thank God. The top They're floor dead. of this building. They're dead now. They do fall and die. It's interesting. The show is now called Velma because she's ditching Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, they, and they're fine with that. They don't really want to be part of this mystery solving anyways. But no, it's, he uses a grappling hook. He gets away. Fred's alive, everybody. Who else is alive? Who are our minor mentions? CEO Mr. Man. <laughs> Hi there, Mr. Man. 
inventor of man pooters. Is this this universe's Microsoft? Like, what? I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, where does this fall in terms of the invention of the pooter? I, I think this is a world where Atari took dominance. The, the future that Blade Runner promised us. Mr. Man. <laughs> Such a stupid name. It is. And it's not even a good joke on top of it. Mr. Man is very excited about the Butler 3000 because, and I quote, Finally, someone to do all the tasks I never learned how to do myself. So his wife is definitely suffering. Do you th- Fuck I don't, Mr. Man. I don't think he's married. Do you, is there a ring? I know neither of us were looking that closely at him. A grown-ass man. Yeah. Worth presumably billions of dollars that has no idea where coffee comes from. Yeah, he's definitely married. He's definitely he's married. definitely married. And that wife is suffering. As, as is his assistant, because he is so dependent on his staff that, that when his, he can't find his staff for like 20 minutes, he's hiding under his desk shaking. And the first thing he asks is, how does coffee become to me? He's lost the use of language <laughs> yeah. in these 20 minutes. He also seems to be listening in on everything happening in the building, which is super creepy. Yeah. And definitely against uh, HR. Yeah, I want to talk to the HR department here. I know. We're- I mean, this is an American company, so HR can't do fucking shit. And you are. I, to- you're right. This company. There's no way this company's unionized. You're going to be under the CEO's foot until the day you die. Uh, and, and speaking of those under his foot, uh, Elton Ploy, the scientist who invents the Butler Three Thousand, he is committed to the pitch. Uh, that butler starts to threaten him, and he says, I'm who doesn't like ominous threats? Just rolling with the punches. I can respect that. Too bad all of his technology hates him and keeps attacking him at every turn. It's very slapstick. I know that's your favorite kind of comedy. Yeah. Um, there's also Mallory O'Neill. What is her job? Velma says, I think, personal assistant, but at the same time, she's like... Sending out emails, warning about programs going haywire and possible viruses. So, like, why would she have access to that if she's only billed as a personal assistant? Well, here's the thing. I think she is a personal assistant. I think those were personal emails from Mallory to Mr. Man. Just saying, hey, don't do this. Watch out. Because when I, lo- I looked on the screen when it was showing those emails and it, it was said Mallory and Man. So, like, I literally think that was Mallory emailing him saying don't do this and like an assistant director of the tech program would also send out emails like that Mm. Uh, that a personal assistant is sending out these emails is astounding to me well because there's no way that he's reading his own emails so mallory is sending these emails to mr man's account and then she's the one who presumably reads them it's a fruitless endeavor She's also being hit on by a creepy dude in the workplace that won't take no as a solid sentence and thought. Yes, a uh, techie, a uh, helper hologram. If you are an old person like me, you might me- remember Clippy from Microsoft Word. Clippy never made unwanted sexual advances on me. That is true. And that is why Clippy needs to... He needs to have... A, a resurgence in popularity, a redemption arc. 
I say. Clippy only wanted to help. Techie! Mallory is turning Te- Techie... Techie's no good. De- Mallory is turning down Techie left, right, and center. Oh, didn't you get my emails? Yes, I got them. The answer is no. Um, he's not allowed to be in her office because yeah. of an incident. A misunderstanding between friends, he says. And I'm like, I don't think you're friends. Also, buddy, you are... A desktop helper program like yeah. Clippy. If he, if how is this going to work as a relationship? Are you going to transfer your consciousness into like a vibrator when it's time to get down and dirty with Mallory, or like what? What's the deal here? In okay, here is actually uh, an example in the hit film Flubber. I do remember that the little robot that was in love with uh, Robin Williams' character, who probably Doctor Flubber was his name. Uh, she created a, a human persona via hologram to talk to him. So maybe Techie in the hologram could do that as well. But he shouldn't because she's not interested. The love scenes in Flubber just always stuck with me. Not a solitary thing about Flubber stuck with me, except for the fact that uh, Mum took me to see it in theaters, and I was like, I don't know, three or four, and it was really super boring, and I think like half an hour in, I leaned over and asked, can I leave? <laughs> Like, I was just going to be a three-year-old shop window shopping while she finished this <laughs> stupid movie, because I did not want to be there. You didn't appreciate the subtle love scenes. That's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> clearly. Uh, so the villain of this episode, the Butler 3000, uh, this is your typical-looking robot. He goes evil. What color does he turn? Red. In his eyes. That's new. <laughs> very, very original. New. I do. I I like him because his face is kind of skeletal. Like there are cheekbones there. He's got a little bit of a Peter Weller thing going on. I don't know who that is, and I won't ask you to elaborate. It is Mallory O'Neill controlling this robot because this robot will do all the meaningless tasks that she has been employed to do. And without those meaningless tasks, she would be out of the job. Stupid reason. <laughs> Stupid reason. And I'll tell you why the feasibility is a big fat no. She is on a level of hacking that is extraordinary. Even if she had a password for Mr. Man's, like, quote unquote company override, yeah. she would still need to get into all the code, all the notes that the programmers and engineers and shit had. And if you have this level of hacking, why do you not go just into Mr. Man's bank account and drain it? Like Lisbeth Salander just... does at the end of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. You want to just, you, you're going to go to all this trouble just to keep your personal assistant job when seemingly That's you could hack thing. into a government satellite it's and hold the world ransom like a supervillain like i think this is what i really didn't like it's that it wasn't for the good of humanity or anything it was literally just to keep her own personal job as a assistant it was the woman yeah it's not even a good job the woman that makes his dentist appointments and gets barked at to give him coffee because he's a fucking man child that can't do it himself this is what she wants all this hacking for. So What a fucking yeah. twat. So feasibility, no. Uh, scary. I like his face. 
but that's not a huge reason. I'm giving him a one, because these kids trapped in this building with a killer robot are not helpless enough. Techie was still on their side, as was Fred's robot arm. The That's robot true. robot also only had a fucking broom and mop come out of its back to attack them with. There is a lot that they could have done to actually make this entire environment lock down and all be under his control. That's a great point. That, There's still so much autonomy from everybody in this episode. They didn't even go as hardcore as that Treehouse of Horror, where Marge installs the Pierce Brosnan smart house. Yes! Yes! They didn't even go as hardcore as that. Yeah, like, okay, there are some drones, and they do shoot bullets at glass, That's not but... a bullet. It's like a taser at most. Oh, well, I, I, I was even going to say, if it is a bullet, it's still, like, just a small part of what you could be doing. I'm, I'm going to go with you, Amelia. I'll give this monster a three. Oh, I said one. So I know. not going with me. Well, a three from me is like a one from you. Do you have any other general thoughts or feelings on this episode? Um, the Smart House episode of What's New did this better. The X-Files episode, Ghost in the Machine, did this better. So that's a Scooby-Doo for those two. <laughs> uh, smart House going evil plot lines. I don't think this but, even necessarily uh, yeah. qualifies as Smart House. Like, that's what they should have done. But this is like a robot in an office building. Look, I'm not saying it's exactly those things. Ghost in the Machine was also just like an AI gone rogue in an office building. So it's like an amalgamation of those two things done worse than either of them. I do want to give a shout out to the chase sequence. I really liked this montage. It was all done in the holodeck. And so there was a lot that they were actually able to do in terms of location and costumes. And a shout out to that one great moment where they were running in a castle and they passed two pillars and suddenly it is the classic designs for the entire gang and this robot has become Charlie the Haunted Robot. No, they done my man Charlie dirty putting him in this crap heap. They, they gave him a little wink. They done him dirty. If, they had ha if this whole robot was Charlie, that would be a problem. So I'm glad they didn't do that. Charlie is an amusement park robot. He gets too far from roller coasters. He don't work. <laughs> yeah, that was the best moment. I also like we got a little flashback to uh, the first episode where they're on the roof and uh, they're they're being harassed by the Kingston Elias ghost. However, why did you reverse his name? Uh, I, I'm it's how I would list him alphabetically in the list of villains. You need to, by la you Kingston, need to say comma, Kingston, comma, Kingston, comma, right. Elias. Yeah. Um, but Fred wasn't afraid of wits there. That was a problem. So yeah, this episode, I'm a nerd and I love sci-fi shit, but I think it was kind of all over the place. And, you know, we're going to give out a verdict. I, mean, I think this might be a light Scooby- This might be a Scooby-Don't from me. I'm going to go full Scooby-Don't absolutely. Because I'm so against characters that reach shit just for the sake of going against what every other character mm -hmm. is it, like. Uh, Velma's not fucking friends with any of these people, and they should be friends. The story is boring and overused. Villain's not scary. Mr. Man is Mr. the stupidest fucking <laughs> with his man pooter. You, you know what you do? You have the villain, she, instead of it being a personal just for her own job, you actually have her going off against te all technology and how humans are better. 
and, like, have her say some of the exact same shit that Daphne was saying. And, like, let's explore that. Let's see what happens there in that scene. Yeah, Daphne could see that if you lean too far to one side of a debate, you turn into a fucking crazy person that no one wants to listen to. Maybe that's not true for all debates, but it's true for any debate that this Daphne's a part of. Well, what what are we what do we have to look forward to now, Amelia? Nothing, because we... it's going <laughs> to be cool. I, I know, but we have nothing to what, look forward to. What is the title of the next episode? Area Fifty One Adjacent. So you already compared this episode to X Files. I have a feeling some aliens might show up there, and this might if this my boy. If this is if this is my boy, the space kook who is an alien, they're gonna do him dirty. They better not. They're gonna do him dirty. I, that's you, what this series does. You know, I'm gonna look at it with a critical eye. If this is a space kook episode, listeners probably already know what it's about, but I genuinely do not. If you'd like to spoil it for yeah, people. spoil it. Go ahead. I've probably already recorded the next episode by the time you hear this, but you can do it anyway. I'm online at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia, and we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dews. That's on Twitter. Billy the old man just says, on the online. It's the only, you just go to, you go to askjeeves.com. You type in T-H-E-B-I-L-L-Y-S-E-G-U-I-R-E, and you ask Jeeves, what's that about? And uh, he, he, in Three to eight business weeks? <laughs> Jeeves tells you that that is a social media handle. What's so hard about that? And on that note... That's it from scooby Dooby us To scooby Dooby you Hashtag. So fucking stupid. Because it wasn't about hashtag. No. You can do... We've done hashtag jokes, but we're out... We're all out here. We're out! I don't know. End the episode.